Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Have we got a good show for you today? Apparently, it's pretty cold out there across the country. (laughs) It's so cozy here in uh, the Rocky Mountains. A nice 20-something degrees, 25 degrees. But for those of you out there freezing, stick with us. This Today's show is going to warm you up because we're going to talk about relationships and technology. Nothing says warmth more than technology and relationships more except what? Cuddling up on the couch. Just the three you of you. IPhone. You, <laughs> your, your iPhone, iPhone and, your and your significant, significant other. That sounds romantic. Speaking of significant others, Jessica Black is joining us. New member of the team. Actually, old voice. Yeah. Old, old, haggard old voice. Old wisdom, new voice. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of wisdom, and it's old. But engaged. You're engaged. Yeah. You have, what, 10 days? Yeah, something like that. I stopped counting. No, you didn't. Because <laughs> it's so close. that it's, 10 days. You're getting married. Basically tomorrow. <laughs> does, does, um, does your boyfriend, your fiancé. Yes. Does your fiancé, is he into technology? Um, not as more than me. Are you more into technology? I think we're about equal. I don't know. Really? I, we're like every young adult is into technology. It's like but our life. All right, because we're learning that technology can kind of make or break your relationship. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, we use it. Yeah. I text him. So, and we Facebook message during the day. You, you Facebook message? <laughs> yeah. We're mostly just goofy. Why do you, okay. <laughs> like, why do you use Facebook yeah, of all well, messaging yeah. devices? If he's on, like I... I still like him. So. Do you really? <laughs> I am like, oh, I got to talk to my best friend. Are you excited you know? to change your status? Oh, on Facebook, yeah. I don't know if it's automatic, and we want to have the same Facebook profile. Yeah, you know, cause I, can you I blend? Can problems. you blend two profiles into one? I don't know. I'll let I mean, you it know. seems like that no. is the symbol of marriage. That would you have be to better. Start a new account. Oh, dang it! Oh, but see, you, maybe you should. Everybody. Well, maybe you should start a new one. That is the. It's the new. It's like the new thing. It's your new relationship. True. Plus, there's a lot of like you know old. Yeah, boyfriends wanna, on there. Exactly. I gotta clean out. You want to weed out the the, <laughs> the jerks, the problems. Um, today we're talking relationships online, uh, not just online dating, but technology and the impact on relationships. I was looking at a study. Anybody ever read a study about bedrooms uh, that are being invaded by smartphones and the impact it's having on your lives? Anybody read about that? Hmm? 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 Do you think it's good or bad for your life to have your cell phone? It used to be televisions. So as a counselor, coach guy, I used to tell people you shouldn't have a television in your bedroom. It's going to impact stuff. And um, But now I'm saying don't have your phones in your bedroom. What's next, Matt? Can you read in your room? No. That's stupid. You're supposed to just sit there and look at each other. Just look just eye to look. eye. I like you okay, to have about 10 minutes of just pure Matt, eye to eye connectivity every night. How are you supposed to like set an alarm? That's the, that's that's the oldest excuse in the book because <laughs> alarm clocks existed long before cell phones. What? There's kidding. this thing. It's a box. A box that, that takes that a lot of electricity. It's super annoying. It'll uh-huh. probably be thrown against the wall yes. at some point. So that's what my kids always say. Oh, I need my phone because I need the alarm. But see, they're just that's just it's a way true. that they'll just stay up. Because guess what? It invades. It steals. It messes with your body's sleep rhythms, according to Harvard. But what do they know? Using a smartphone, and this is sad because Merritt just got a smartphone, had to trade in her dumb phone, and she's using a smartphone. But a smartphone, a tablet, or a laptop at bedtime may be staving off sleep 
according to Harvard Medical School scientists who have found specific wavelengths of light can suppress the slumber-inducing hormone melatonin in the brain. That's not good news. I can't afford that. My sleep bank can't afford that. I go to bed tired, then I turn my phone on. And I'm up for three hours. This was me last night. Me and Dallin watched Dumb and Dumber because that's oh, my favorite see, movie. Oh, see, but that's the greatest movie of all time. I, I know. Even that one. Just and both of us critic. woke up this morning and we were like, I didn't sleep very good last night. I woke up three or four times and so did he. But was so it, do you think it was exactly the light or was it just Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> that's, that's a good movie. <laughs> it is my favorite movie, but it's just dumb. It's well that that puts me to bed. I'm like, there's people dumber than I have nothing to worry yeah, about. Yeah, you feel good about yourself. I'm <laughs> so cool. Your brain activity just kind of goes downhill. Yeah, that's my thought. But Perfect it's true. We did have trouble sleeping, so this is I can attest. See, I so this last night. it's it's real data. They also yeah. say that having too many gadgets can create problems for you, according to some other studies, because these little gadgets keep going off. Have you ever been? Have you ever uh, had an alarm go off in the middle of the night, or someone text you? Or an email come in in the middle of the night that woke you up? That's when I become, I don't know, as close to murder as Angry. ever. I think you send those emails. I do. That's because I'm <laughs> I up. I never have my phone on at night. Now you're going to be in trouble because now you'll get them and you'll actually know I sent you an email. And it's usually about actually, two in the morning. I think I've already, I don't know how I did because I still don't know how to use my phone. But I think I made it so that emails don't make a noise. Well, we'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see. That I, sounded like you were... Planning something. Yeah. So technology, you know, it's great and all. But we've got a pro coming on. Uh, Dr. Jesse Fox is going to be joining us, who is going to be calling in from Ohio. Ohio, the frigid tundra. I don't know if it's a tundra. The university that she was, that she she teaches at, shut down. Shut down for lucky two days. A frozen day. Lucky we can stay inside and stay inside and just well and just play with your phones. They're going to die because of the power outages. See that? There is See, going then to be mass hysteria across the Midwest. Anything so all else. I would do is listen to the radio on your generate on your generator that you have saved all of your gas and electricity on. That'd be great. Just let us change your life on the radio. Technology. Uh, what about online dating? I had a client come in today, and I said he told me how bad it is to try to find somebody at his particular age, and he can't find anyone to date. And I said, Have you ever tried online dating? And he looked at me like I had just asked him. There's, you know, yeah, like there's such a, a stigma with it. Yeah. yeah. What's the big deal? You know, my generation <laughs> thought it was weird, but we were old. I think the big deal is that it works. I think it works. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the big deal. But people still feel awkward about that. Well, but why? Why would you feel awkward if it works? It seems like that's the goal. So yeah, really, what it is? I mean, I feel like maybe less so. We don't go. What what did they do in the 19, 1950s? You think about it. They went to you clubs. Went, like you had yeah, a club. Dance, you, would you went to, to dance dancing right. or you had a bridge group or I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, you played canasta. There were so many opportunities yeah. for you to meet people or people would go to – people went to church more You'd go to one then. of those moving yeah, pictures. So all the online dating is is more opportunities to meet people. Yeah. There's just some math and computers involved. See, I see it as a marketing thing. It's just if you want to find the right person, you have to have thousands of people come by you yeah which is an interesting thing too because lots of people get upset with online dating that you kind of have to market yourself yeah like i'm not a piece of meat i'm not but but at the same time like what do you do when you wander well we all are you know you doll up well when you go to a dance yeah you are you're putting it on there i mean there's no better example than right across the board from us here i know really james is joining us james is running the board online dating at its finest and he found (laughs) hannah montana 
online dating. Is that right? Isn't that where you guys met? Well, it was... No. Wasn't it on <laughs> Craigslist? You guys met on Craigslist. <laughs> I actually put out an ad on KSL. So oh, did you? KSL.com. And, but it worked. See? It's love. Is that yeah. where you really met? No. No. <laughs> okay. Because that would have been cool. Yeah, it Just go with it. Just pretend like you did. Yeah. I was going to come up with some elaborate story of how, you know, how you really it, the magic happened on, on the internet. Is there still magic? There's always magic. Wow. That's not, I'd hit the bell if I were you, because the bell means there's magic. Magic. Oh. Do you feel that, Jess? Jess is getting married. She knows magic. When you look over at these two, do you see the magic? Yeah, I can see it from Do you guys have life. an announcement you want to make? <laughs> I mean, just while we're this here. Is like yes, quickly. <laughs> there is magic in our relationship. Is that the announcement? More magic. <laughs> How much magic is in okay, this Okay, I do have to say, though, I disagree with the online dating thing. What? You love it? No, it's... I am one of those people that I would never... You're an anti... Okay, I did the Tinder thing as a joke. Yeah. If people don't know what Tinder is, that's T- you look at someone's that picture. Said, that's like <laughs> when funniest. girls or boys or whatever are like, I'm going to use my phone as an alarm clock. And it's like, yeah, I'm just using Tinder as a joke. Tinder's not Swipe a real no dating funny. <laughs> it is a joke. And I used it as a lot of rebounds and it worked. But online dating, I understand when people have a little bit of timid... Why? But like, have you, not been to, have you ever been to a dance where... You thought you were dating somebody or dancing with somebody, and then later you found out it was all a hoax or a fake or there's something that they were lying about. I mean, that's just as dangerous, right? Okay, but I think that online dating is like if you're at a dance and everybody is wearing masks and you're all just, I don't know, looking at each other and then leaving really fast there's like no online commitment can be so and successful though like it's, it's, it's I know been it can be successful. so successful i would i it's haven't ever scary. done it but yeah. like i i have friends i'm just like just try it it's not that bad i mean they made a tv show of that what is it called sharks or something yeah yeah of oh, like it, people being scammed on a tv show you know because oh, that's a different show oh shark tank shark tank that's what it is no the shark tank is the business show right where they, they you bring together you bring your your business idea in, and the sharks will, oh, will decide if they it. want to pick pick up your business. That's though. not it. Then there's one that <clears throat> catfish. I think that was a, it's that, called catfish. Okay, the, all these fish sea animals <laughs> are about messing with my head. <laughs> Anyways, but it can be scary. I think it's people lie. It's I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem more dangerous than meeting the average Joe at a bar somewhere or meeting him at some event that you don't know anything about him. I think we just feel like it's safer. Yeah, I feel like it's it's a tool to meet people. And when it gets blown out of proportion, like I have a roommate who really delved into the online dating thing with Tinder and other sites and such. And the problem was, I mean, it was a great tool. He met a lot of girls, but the problem is he he almost forgot how to socialize with girls oh, yeah. in person, you yeah. know? And like when he started just, when he started meeting new girls without the help of the internet, he was really, really awkward uh-huh. and just socially inept. But maybe he was awkward and inept first, which Before. is why he chose online. <laughs> so that's what's interesting about it. And we'll probably get into this with Jesse Fox is maybe that's, we're choosing, so somebody that's really comfortable with, if you're going to go buy a car online, I mean, to me, that's just as, I mean, that's a risky deal. You haven't even driven the car. You haven't even checked the engine out. Well, see, but I think the thing comes in is when, like James was saying, you view it as a tool, but you yeah. also know we how to spot a yeah. fake profile. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I was reading one thing that was saying, don't ever read a profile like an honest 
you know, like I'm opening up my heart. I thought to you the were. World. I thought you were no, six foot look five. Look at as a resume. Oh, no. Is this I'm like? Is this somebody you'd be interested in? Yeah. I mean, and I feel like that kind of goes back a long ways. I mean, yeah. right, world of arranged marriages. What were the things that you looked at? Age, income, yeah, job, yeah. Few. I, I think you're right. Basic interests. Well, and in the end, my rule is always because it's gonna. I think they go faster online. I think you're more likely to get to move the relationship faster because. I think part of it's because you were texting each other and emailing each other in your underwear, sitting there watching a game, eating a hot dog in two separate places on two separate states. That in and of itself, you feel more comfortable. So then my rule is you just have to date longer. You actually have to eventually get together in the same space. And then I wouldn't marry somebody that I don't know really well and I haven't shown up and surprised them 500 times and made sure that they're not building a bomb in their bathroom. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's just an old fashioned thing I worry oh, about. The old bomb in the bathroom problem. So uh, you have some truths. Five truths about online dating. Five are there, I mean, one truth is apparently truth it works. People it are paying works. millions. About a third of married couples right now in a certain demographic, I believe, meet online. A third. About a third. Oh, that's and I think crazy. a lot of it, too, is just that when you online date, like, it's if you're looking to marry. Yeah. Online, you find other people who are looking to marry, not somebody who wants a casual relationship or who, you know. So there you go, objective all the way. But yeah, the stats just that's crazy. Third, yeah. um, According to a large scale survey from 2010, around 10 million American adults met online. 10 million. I wonder what their divorce rate is. Probably the same. Probably the same. Yeah. I mean, that just so that just maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe the key is, you know, once we've met. Let's yeah. see if we're compatible. So just take that. It works. I like that. That's what it's showing. Uh, any other truths? Yeah. Number two is everyone lies. And that doesn't mean everyone is Bunch being, of liars. Is catfishing or being super creepy. That means that maybe somebody changed their birthday just a little bit. I'm not. Or maybe somebody said that they were really interested in hiking. You yeah. know, they've been hiking twice. Or, <laughs> you know, just little things to make themselves appear more... Yeah. That's why you got to go hiking Hello, with them. I, guess. Yeah. I mean, if they don't even have a pair of hiking boots, <laughs> you know they're a You'll liar. You'll know. You'll know. Yeah. So that's just that's the thing. True. Everybody will We've done a show a on that. Bit. Everyone lies. Yeah. But, you know, everyone lies in real dating, too. You yeah. Know, you say, yeah, I love that. I, no, I love fishing. I love the fish. I love that fish. movie. Yeah. I loved that dinner that you I made I don't me. build any bombs in my basement. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not yeah. a bomb. Yeah. That's a yes. planter. I loved the... Sludge that you made for dinner. I don't know. Oh, that was, that was yummy. Delicious. I love that smoothie yeah. you made with kelp. <laughs> um, number three is approach profiles like resumes. That was the one that I was just talking about. See, but that, see, that makes it's, it so impersonal. Like you're the HR director. But see, this is the thing is that you look at them and then you have a conversation. That's it. And that's then you bought. See, you, fall, you don't fall it's in more, love with a resume. Yeah. It's more like you look, do we have any chance of having something in common at all? Right. Is this... You know, like, well, like let's just go to Jess. Though. What does Jessica actually know about this guy she's marrying? Sure, they've known each other since high school. Sure, they think, but they don't. She doesn't know. Hey. Oh, sorry. Test me. Uh, this wasn't my color. bridal shower. What's his favorite color? Uh, blue. Wrong. See, you wouldn't know. It's sea foam. <laughs> he called. Actually, we. This is like my whole bridal shower was asking me questions. And or we played the newly game. I love the newly game. Okay, I got I got a question. And we for you. did horrible. And you you blew it. You lost. We do. I think we got one point out of like fifteen. That's the. <laughs> I think that's the reality though. Is maybe we don't know anybody we're really marrying. Yeah. 
and you won't know. I honestly don't even believe you'll know till you're probably two years in, three years in. Do you know what? Uh, do you know if his um, if he has any polyps in his colon? Uh, no, I don't even know what a polyp is <laughs> in a colon. <laughs> I rest my case. So you know very little about him. Do you know if he has any allergies? He doesn't. Medical to any medicines? No. We're very well bred. <laughs> really? We, I don't think we have any. He has twenty twenty vision. Also, I don't. But he does. Does he know of your imperfection in your vision? Yeah, he does. Is he willing to tolerate that? <laughs> For now. <laughs> this is very good questioning. <laughs> See, maybe the key is... I get abused about my vision. Sorry. Well, but you've got those Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. You're <laughs> like rude. me. You're so rude, Matt. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it like that. I bet you have worse derogative. vision than I do. I, I bet I'm better I bet than I don't. you. I bet you don't. No. My, I only wear mine to look cool. Oh, yeah. I only wear mine to look younger. You're not the only one. To look older, even. Welcome to America. Okay, well, we're going to take a break. We're coming back. Today we're talking technology and relationships. We're also going to get uh, the lowdown from Jessica Black on, um, I don't know, just her, uh, you know, her upcoming wedding. I can attest people like to talk about weddings. Do That's they? all they want to talk to me about. Yeah. <laughs> Not the father of the bride. I hate talking about weddings. When my daughter was getting married, didn't want to go there. Until the bill came. Then we did a lot of talking. A lot of talking. Today we're talking technology and relationships. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. And on today's program, folks, we're talking about technology and relationships, the impact that, uh, you know, technology can have or play in our love life, our relationships, just our kids, our families, everything. And uh, our own Jessica Black is going to be getting married in the next 10-ish days. How many days, really? You know for sure. Yeah. Well, it's not this Saturday. It's next Saturday. Oh, man. A little more than 10. Is that right? D-Day. Yeah. scared? Um, people ask me that all the time. Am I scared? I, I don't. I wouldn't be scared. I don't know. I, I feel really confident. Yeah. I feel like we've known each other for a long time. Well, you have. But then everyone's telling me to be scared. No. So I'm scared. scared about not being scared. <laughs> like, why am I not scared? I know. I'm like, it's I like, should be scared. <laughs> it's like when you're alone in the desert. You're like, I should be scared, but it's so peaceful here. Yeah. But you're alone in the desert. Right. There's so nothing to be afraid be of. Honestly. And... Um, technology, you, you didn't meet him. You met him back in high school before there was any technology. Yeah. I mean, I think we did. I remember we still have our first conversations on instant messenger. So Are that's you serious? cute. How romantic. <laughs> they were like, so who do you like? And we're like, no, if you who like do you me, like? Ma- Mark, put a box, put a check <laughs> in this box. If you like me, yes or no. Yeah. Um, is he okay? Do you, would you guys say that you're technologically compatible because our upcoming guest, uh, Dr. Jesse Fox, is going to talk to us about technology and compatibility. So do you, does he like to use technology like you do? Or do you like to use more technology? Does, and what technology do you favor? What does he favor? Um, so first of all, no. I, use, I like to use all of the kinds of technology like Instagram, Pinterest, do you really? Twitter. 
blogging, so Facebook. You, can I can you text really fast with your you can just shoot it out fast. Yeah. And he texts and he uses Facebook, but he was gone for two years yeah. out of the country in Africa and when he came back he doesn't know any of these new new technology gadgets. things. And so I do and that's kind of a disconnect in our relationship. Now he feels left out from everyone. And then when I participate, he's like, why are you, you know? And yeah. I'm like, Cause it's a, what, like, what if all of a sudden you find out he hates all of that stuff? Well, and he does. He's, he just feels like when he, I remember when we first talked about it and he's, he's like, I feel like you're having a different like life outside of the one you have with me, which really? I'm sure comes up kind in a like lot of cheating in a way. Yeah. But and not I was cheating, like, but you're just, you're out there being more social. Yeah. Well, and I have conversations outside of, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it just adds a whole other element and he doesn't like it. I feel like there's not a lot to worry about, but it sounds like yeah. Jesse's telling me there is. You're going to have to negotiate <laughs> it. Well, or we'll find out. Maybe it's not a big deal. But if we're not compatible, then all of a sudden we're going to fight about how much time we're on our devices right. yeah. or which device we're using more. Yeah. I I don't feel like it's distrust. Yeah. But I mean it does add that element like that it could be distrust somewhere down the road. Yeah. So or like you're still or like or just even like frustration like when are you going to put your phone away and come sit by me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. time is huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's because true. that's where you'll yeah, that's where you're going to end up running into the you love your phone more than me. Yeah. And then eventually see normally it's funny cuz it seems like historically uh, men have been like the early adopters for technology. You know, they're the ones yeah. that had the walkie-talkies and the CB radios <laughs> and the remote control things and fuzz busters for their car. All these kind of electronic devices. But now it's the, there's the equal opportunity technology, te- which is the telephone, <laughs> the cell phone, <laughs> the smartphone that everyone's seemingly getting into. So yeah. um, do you think like – is he – I personally would love to just watch movies, get into movies. I don't know if that's a real technology thing. But, I mean, do you see yourself sharing a lot of movies when you get married? Or is he kind of not a movie guy but would rather be outside climbing a hill? Um, Unfortunately, we do the movie thing. But – we don't want to. It's hard to find things to do. Yeah. And so, like, when it's late at night and you had a hard day, both of you are just like, oh, let's pop in a yeah. movie. Let's just watch Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Which I think both – yeah, we watched Dumb and Dumber last night. That's right. But I feel like neither of us would want to do that. We both would want to do something more interactive, right. fun, get to know you. But Save when you're that tired, for Saturdays. Right. it's just easier to watch a movie. So we end up watching a lot of Netflix. movies. Netflix. Netflix. Yes. So my daughter that got married, it's all Netflix. Is that what you guys yeah. do? It's like the greatest seven whatever dollars you can have a date for a month. Yeah, it's nice. Um, <laughs> except except I like um, – this is another thing that we're incompatible with. I like to watch um, dumb girl shows like One Tree Hill or Gossip Girl or <laughs> – Oh, see, these are these are titles I've never even heard of. Okay, well, they're just dumb I must not be looking shows. under the category dumb <laughs> – Girl shows. It's true. Anyways, and so he doesn't like me watching him because when I watch him, I become more dramatic, apparently. Really? I don't think so, but. You know what you need to watch? Gator shows. Any show with a gator. (laughs) Oh, that sounds fun. That is, I think that is the supreme show. (laughs) Any gator show. And then on Netflix, he can see what I've watched. So we got on Netflix (laughs) the other day and was like, oh, you watched One Tree Hill. And I was like, or he doesn't like when I watch The Bachelor. I yeah. love that show, new season. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, see. Because i got to watch it without him. 
I yeah. gotta watch it behind his back. We'll see. Let me just tell you, and I hope <laughs> he's kidding. listening. What's his name? Dallin. Dallin. Um, I watch The Bachelor. Oh, you do? With my it's wife. Fun. It's fun. Not really. Not fun. <laughs> oh, I like it. Uh, I kind of see it as just paying dues. <laughs> oh, is that? I like. I, I owe my wife this time. Oh, but okay. I mean, it's fun. I, can, it's, I think I can twist it. It that gets way. <laughs> more fun later in the show when like they start fighting. Yeah. Like, I love watching them all fight. Yeah, there's a lot of drama on that show. Because <laughs> it's almost, it reminds me of MMA, mixed martial arts. Have you ever seen any of the MMA fights? Yeah, except it's like mental. Like yeah, they, yeah no all... one's beating each other up. It's just mental. They're mean. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And they pick one out and mm-hmm. then they drive her down. It happens every year. Okay, well, you uh, you have to, and they drive her down and then one of them gets dumped at the altar. Horrible scenario. Yeah. That won't happen to you. We love to watch it. Dallin, Welcome to Dallin's America. lucky to have you. Thanks. <laughs> so are we. Um, here's the deal, Jess. Be listening because our we're going to take a break and our next guest is going to teach you if you guys are really compatible or not, technologically speaking. We got to match it, right? You'll, I have no doubt. You've known each other since birth. It'll work. Yes, it's to the test. It'll work. <laughs> Jessica Black, thanks for joining us. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking technology and relationships We're going to get into some rules for relationships, talk about privacy, self-monitoring. It's all coming up next with our guest, Jesse Fox. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show. Hey, today we're talking about technology and relationships. We ever just, I don't know, you know, just you and the queen, the missus going to bed, you, you roll over and you just see that blue din, that blue light emanating off her face from her iPhone. Yeah, that's love right there. Nothing prettier than that blue light, that blue hue that comes off of all of our technology. In fact, today, maybe we're falling more in love with our technology than even some of our partners. Our relationships might be suffering because of our technology. So we thought, let's go to the source. Dr. Jessie Fox is joining us. She's an assistant professor in the School of Communication at Ohio State University. That has been frozen out. It's a university, you know, in Ohio. Hello, Ohio State, the big university, frozen solid. And she's going to be joining us today. Uh, Jesse Fox runs the program called The Vector, which is Virtual Environment, Communication Technology, and Online Research Lab. It's The Vector Lab. She earned her master's in communications at the University of Arizona, a Ph.D. at Stanford University. She is a blogger for Psychology Today. And uh, you can find her at the website comfox.org, comfox.org. Jesse Fox, uh, thanks so much for being on the show with us. Thanks for having me. Are you freezing? (laughs) I'm staying indoors today. I'm outside of the polar vortex. Good job. You're surviving. So here you are, a communication professor studying technology. And by the way, a field really, uh, I have a, a master's degree in communications and when I was going through, we never talked about the internet. 
right? We never talked about half of the technology you now get to study in your lab. Is it is it a big deal? Is technology impacting relationships as we think, or is, are we just being kind of neurotic? Absolutely, they are. Um, there's special things about technologies that are far different from our normal face-to-face communication. And we've known this research-wise since the 1990s when we were first examining uh, how computer-mediated chat uh, you know, operated, or even back in the 60s when we were making comparisons between conversations that took place face-to-face and conversations that were taking place over the phone. Hmm. So although technologies have evolved and changed, the technologies that are available to us today have certain features that make them you know, different and constantly changing our relationships because of the affordances they provide. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so interesting you brought that up because uh, over Christmas, so I have a son who is in Mexico, in northern Mexico, on a mission for our church as a missionary. And it used to be that you would just call these missionaries and you get to talk to them at Christmas. And so I was excited to talk to my son at Christmas, but we got to do it. We we did the whole conversation over Skype. And it was... It was a really weird dynamic that actually was – it's almost felt like we were there with him, but it, it actually messed us up too. So I'm wondering – I had emotions with watching my son that I never had talking when I was on my mission. And I wonder if there's just something about you know, the new use of technology, not having face-to-face versus having face-to-face. There's just something more, I guess, that really comes down to how we, I guess, the more information we can pick up. Is that what the difference is? Because we might still be hearing the same story. Sure. Um, But in your comparison for your experience, um, talking on the phone, of course, you know, we can mask our nonverbal cues to a certain extent. So you're not getting facial expressions, you're not getting body posture or body language, you're kind of relying solely on the tone of someone's voice. But, you know, when you have that Skype connection, presuming that the connection is a good one, um, you can get that information. So even when you are hearing the same story, you're seeing perhaps a different story that's being conveyed through different nonverbal signals that are available in a traditional telephone channel. Yeah, and that seems... um... It seems interesting, too, like some people in the family would have rather just had a phone call because Skype would kind of kick in and out. And that ended up frustrating them more than just that. I'm like, no, let's just enjoy it when it's on. Let's just enjoy it when it's on. Is there are there compatibility issues? Like as we're trying to find a partner with our partner, I guess some partners might be more, you know, into a certain type of technology versus others. Is that causing a problem? Sure. Um, There are a variety of different technological incompatibilities in between partners. Um, One of them could be a choice of channel. So if you have someone who prefers to use uh, the phone versus Skype, then that might be an issue because, oh, I want to see you. Oh, well, I don't want to deal with the technological issues, but I want to see you. But I really don't like the hiccupy and I don't want to have to call you back eight times and, you know, keep trying to maintain this connection. So, you know, that's kind of a really basic way that we're differing, uh, particularly in initial romantic relationships. What we're seeing a lot um, amongst adolescents, 20-somethings, 30-somethings, and now um, into even different age groups, we see when people are starting to date someone or initiate a relationship, we have these discrepancies where some people insist on talking you know, via phone um, and others don't want to talk on the phone, so they only want to text. And so kind of those differences are really kind of panning out and even determining whether or not people are willing to date other people. 
Inter- yeah. Be- I mean, because like, and oh, all he ever wants to do is text, and that might be a deal breaker. Yes, absolutely. Or, you know, some people think uh, texting, for example, what we do know from research is that it's very easy to convey yourself in a uh, kind of, you know, a highlight reel of your life when you're on Facebook or when you're in text, you know, I can take the time because it's an asynchronous medium. So I have all the time I need to come up with that perfectly clever thing to say back to you. Or if you mention, hey, you know, do you want to go see this band on Friday or Saturday night? Well, I've never heard of them, but I don't want to look uncool. So I can Google that and in (laughs) that time lapse come back and be like, oh, you know, I love their uh, second album. That would be great to go. Um, so you can kind of fudge a little bit of those things more when you're also communicating in that asynchronous channel. The outcome of that, unfortunately, is that we get this idealized portrait of who that person is. Yeah. Um, we really kind of build them up in our minds. Oh, they always have the perfect comeback. Oh, they're so witty. Oh, we have the same <laughs> interests. And we really focus on those things, and we forget that there's a lot of information that's not being shared in those channels. So unfortunately, you know, when we get to meet one another, sometimes that can lead to a big letdown. Yeah, and when in reality they're just really fast at doing Google searches. They're really <laughs> yeah. they're not storing all of this incredible wit. They're just incredibly strong uh, at the Boolean search online. Up, yeah, but if they show up at the date with you know Google Glass on, well, you know maybe they can just get that stuff executed right there in the middle of the date. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Then then we're set, aren't we? It's it seems like a problem we've never. I mean, did did. Did technology ever impact relationships like it does today? You know, it seems like it's such a bigger deal today. I would agree. um, The reason is just persistence. So, you know, we have these things always with us. Yeah. um, You know, I remember when I was in high school, (laughs) if you weren't home to get that phone call from, you know, the person you're interested in, then you missed that phone call. You know, then you had to deal with the, oh, did they leave a message on the answering machine? Did they not leave a message? Did they talk to your mom or dad? Um, And that sort of thing. So now you always have your phone with you. So you're always accessible. You're always available. Um, They can always text you. They can always call you. You can always be reached. So you don't have a part of your life that's really not kind of having access to that technology. And so that, you know, drastically changes the dynamics of our relationship. Um, And that accessibility also inadvertently sends different messages as well. So, you know, when you know your romantic partner always has their phone on and you're calling them and they're not answering. Yeah. You know, if if you called their home, you would be like, oh, they must not be home. But when they have their phone, you're like, why aren't you answering my phone call? And then you get frustrated or angry because you expect them to be accessible all the time. Well, Um, that was a good time. Don't you remember back in the day when you knew, you know, you weren't always accessible? You you knew oh, that yeah. now, you had a space. Oh, yeah. And now there's the whole, you know, practice of white lies. Oh, my phone was off. Oh, I left my phone at home. Oh, I left it in the car. Oh, I didn't hear the text message go off. Right. Um, so we're constantly kind of excusing those behaviors when it should be okay to just say, you know what? I just didn't feel like taking your phone call at that moment in time. Or I'm not, I don't have my phone on right now because I don't want to have my phone on because I don't want to be interrupted. Um, but you know, our practices and perhaps what we should be doing are not quite in alignment. Do And it's funny because it's, a lot of us feel like we're victims to all of this and yet we're really, we're, we're, we're causing it all, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're the ones causing this, but it almost is like, oh yeah, my phone, oh, rings all night. And you're like, turn it off, you idiot. 
How do you, I mean, how do we, I guess part of this is our, is our, it just seems like the technology is evolving faster than we are. Like it's the technology is so ahead of us that we almost feel like we have to have it and it starts to run us instead of we take over and use it as a tool. Absolutely. That's, you know, that's Sherry Turkle. Uh, She's written a great book called Alone Together and really talks about how, you know, we should be using technology as these tools, but in actuality, we're kind of owned by our technologies because of this pressure to always be connected. She refers to this sensation of always tethered, that you're always tethered to that phone and you can't put it down and you can't turn it off because heaven forbid, what if you miss something? Yeah. So that's really kind of a plague right now is this, the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Oh my gosh, if I don't have my phone in front of me, I could miss a text message from someone, it could be really important. Um, You know, there could have been an emergency and we're kind of constantly anxious and constantly made neurotic by this expectation that we have to have that connectivity Mm. at the same time, you know, and thus we can't distance ourselves from it. It would probably be better for us to be able to create that distance, to be able to push those things away, to be able to accept the fact that you are not going to get every piece of information, you know, right at the moment that it's, distributed. It's yeah. okay to kind of find out about things a couple of hours or heaven forbid a couple of days later. Um, it's kind of hard for us to come to terms with that when we know we can get that information and deciding and making a choice not to get that information immediately. Well, and then there seems like there's the Pavlovian side where we've condi- we then condition ourselves, which creates an anxiety. It, I mean, it creates true like biology in us, doesn't it? Where we feel this addiction or this compelling need. If you if you sit there and not and you don't let anyone look at their phone, and everyone receives a message, but you won't let them look at their phone, they'll go crazy. They will literally oh, go crazy waiting to know. And it could just be the dumbest message. But some of that, I guess, is conditioning, right? They've become biologically trained, like Pavlovian or Pavlov's dog, to jump. Sure. Yeah, Man. there are researchers right now kind of looking at those biological responses and. The fact that sometimes when, uh, for example, when we read positive things about ourselves on Facebook, we get a dopamine release. Oh, yeah. So, you know, to that extent, that's almost that that can that's the thing that does lead to addictive behaviors. When you're getting that dopamine, you're getting that release, you're getting that rush. And so I don't think it's too far to stretch to suggest that, you know, if you're in a relationship and you're anticipating someone texting you and you hear that little notification, that little ping or whatever the sound is of your text message, then you are going to get excited. You are going to have that release as well um, because you're kind of anticipating that. And that's going to make you constantly want to, you know, have that sensation over and over again. Um, So again, that's why it's hard to separate from that technology because you're not going to have that rush. You're not going to get that feedback. Well, and especially you may not get that feedback. That's the feedback. You used to get that rush every time you'd get a letter from your boyfriend. But, you know, 10 years into a marriage, it may not be the same rush anymore. So now you're competing sure. with the other exciting rushes. Oh, I got two more friends on Facebook. But then our partner may not seem as interesting. Yes. And so, that also presents a completely different issue, which yeah. is the idea, you know, that affordance of technology. The fact that Facebook allows us to reconnect or maintain connections with ex-partners. That's or, true. Or, you know, to friend people who could be future partners. And we have this ability to go online and sit there and, you know, if you're on an app like Tinder, all it does is pull photographs of people off of Facebook and allows you to say, yes, I'm interested, no, I'm not interested, Um, and just kind of thumbs up, thumbs down and go through and rank everyone around you to their level of desirability. And 
you know, it's kind of, it's very dehumanizing. It it's, totally it's putting is. all those choices in front of you. And what we do know from, you know, consumer choice research, from all kinds of choice research, is that, you know, that can be very cognitively overwhelming. Um, Carol Rustbolt has demonstrated when we think that we have, you know, alternatives and relationships, you know, other people that we could be with, that makes us less satisfied and less committed to our mm-hmm. own relationships. So by having that constant exposure to that information through Facebook or through an online dating site or another social networking site, you know, there's chances that that could be detrimental just, you know, to your own relationship without your partner ever doing anything to, you know, at all. Ooh, that's huge. Uh, okay, let's take a break on that, Jesse. I, I want to come back and get into that because now all of a sudden we didn't even see it, but Facebook has a shopping alternatives. Like, oh man, I haven't thought of her for years. But then the old chemistry we used to have is what I'm playing in my head. Not the new chemistry that she's got seven kids and two bankruptcies. Interesting. Good stuff. We're talking with Dr. Jesse Fox. You can find her at her website, comfox.org, or go to Psychology Today and look her up. She's an expert in relationships and um, our technology. We'll be back answering more questions about rules for relating. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about technology and relationships. We brought on a uh, an expert, a true expert, assistant professor in the School of Communication at Ohio State University. Dr. Jesse Fox is joining us. She runs a lab there called the Vector Lab, which stands for the Virtual Environment, Communication Technology, and Online Research, uh, where they, I guess... Uh, do research on all forms of communication and technology. She's earned a master's in communications at the University of Arizona and a PhD at Stanford University. She's a blogger on psychology today. You can find out, uh, just go to her her website at comfox.org, and she has a wonderful blog there where you can get access to all of her her stories and just see some of her latest research. It's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, Dr. Fox, welcome back. Thank you. I really, I've seen a lot of that, even with my own clients in coaching, they're in relationships and stuff that, you know, when you, when you take the, the chemistry that you used to have with an old girlfriend, then you ignore that chemistry and the person maybe, let's say for 10 years, and then you find them again on Facebook. When you go back to that person, you go back to all the memories and all of the stored chemistry. I mean, you're not just picking them up where they are today. You're going to go back to chemistry you used to have, right? Absolutely. Um, there's like this horrible kind of synchrony of things that happens in these situations that involves us overly relying on nostalgia. So yeah. that whole rose-colored glasses phenomenon definitely comes into play here. We're remembering that person, how they used to be. We're remembering, um, you know, any old relationship is probably going to have, you know, had was probably in a time where you had significantly more freedom. Yeah. You know, over the years, you get obligations, you have different careers, you have children, um, your life becomes increasingly complex. So, you know, we idealize that probably because it was in a simpler time, but also um, because it probably was a simpler relationship without the complications of modern life. Yeah. Uh, we also, because of media coverage and the way romance and love is portrayed in magazines and books and movies, 
um, that we get this idea that, you know, that the love story of coming back to the one that you originally loved, you know, your high school sweetheart or whoever, you know, separated by fate and reunited by Facebook. (laughs) Um, We kind of over kind of extend that metaphor a little bit in seeing our own lives. And we kind of put a little bit too much faith and investment in that um, belief that, you know, we're destined to be back together, this kind of coming full circle, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, those beliefs that are kind of, you know, put into us by the media also kind of aggravates that situation. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. As I mentioned before, you know, the person that you're seeing on Facebook, the person that you're communicating with asynchronously through Facebook chat or through texting is not who they are. Right. That's going to be an you know, more than likely they're taking extensive steps to make their life look idealized. It's their you know, best no picture, could, right? Yeah, no one's like, I'm going to take a selfie as soon as I wake up in the morning, and that's going to be my profile pic. <laughs> um, you know, that no yeah. one does that because you want to look increasingly attractive. You want to make sure that you look pretty and slim and handsome and all yeah. those good things. So, you know, you're getting all these visual cues that are misguided. And then also the way they're probably talking about their own lives on the site is probably... Um, idealized. Yeah, you see them boating or on some exotic vacation. You don't see them, you know, in their third divorce court with their third failed marriage and 12 kids in tow. Right. You don't you don't see the whole story. But the, but then it's interesting because then the chemistry kicks in and you're like, oh, yeah, it must be fate. It's destiny. Um, give us we have a couple minutes, then we'll come back and get into this in depth. What are some rules we should be focusing on when it comes to relationships and online, whether it's Facebook or really anywhere? What are some things we should be watching out for? Um, I think the first thing is to always keep in mind that, you know, what you see is not what you get. So when you're looking online, if you're looking at online dating profiles, you're looking at a Facebook portrayal, that is not necessarily an accurate representation of that person. And you have to be willing to a certain extent to give them a little margin of error. Right. Um, you know, I hear tons of stories of people who meet someone online, they go out on the first date and they're like, oh, what a dog. You know, yeah. that's not what they look like on their picture. They <laughs> were 50 pounds heavier, yada, yada, yada. Um, but even people who perceive themselves as being honest in these sites are, of course, going to choose the most attractive representation of themselves. Right. Yeah. So, you know, look at that and be like, that's them on their best day. You know, how much lower, how much off this margin here am I going to be acceptable with a, if they show up? <laughs> you know, not as attractive or whatever the case may be. Is that a 20-pound so, margin you know, or a 10-pound margin? Yeah, exactly. F- figure out what your margin of error is there um, and what's acceptable to you because men tend to lie about how tall they are and their income. Women tend to lie about their weight. Um, both groups of people tend to use photos that are two or years, two years or more older um, when they are putting things on these sites. So really? given that, yeah, you're going you're gonna to kind of, you're starting off kind of on the wrong foot. But as long as you acknowledge that going into it, you're going to not be as disappointed when you're faced with the reality. So if they're wearing, like, um, styles from the 80s, that's probably a dead giveaway. <laughs> it's an older picture. That, that's a – yes, or they just have very poor taste. <laughs> yeah, or they so cannot move way, on. you might want to cut that one off. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. What's another rule? Um, another good rule is making sure that you're open in communication, especially when we're starting relationships or when we're not certain in our relationships. Or, alternatively, when we're so entrenched in our relationship, we're really hesitant to approach issues when all it really takes is a little bit of openness. Um, you know, one of my favorite things to do as, as a scientist is kind of sitting around in a restaurant on a Friday or a Saturday night trying to figure out who's on the first date um, and reading all the nonverbal signals that are going on oh, yeah. at the table. And That's one great. of the things I'm increasingly noticing 
is couples who are clearly out on a date, you know, I, I, even if I can't tell how long they're together, but, you know, one of them has their arms crossed yeah. and they're sitting there and the other person has their face buried in their phone. <laughs> and, you know, that's, you can tell right away, that's not a very healthy interaction. That's not a happy relationship right now. And uh, part of the problem is we always assume that what works for us is what works for everybody. So if I think it's okay for me to be on my phone over dinner, I would assume or I would think, well, if you want to be on your phone, that's cool. I'm on my phone. You can be on your phone. Yeah, we're good. Um, Yeah, we're good. But if the other person is like, well, I don't find that behavior acceptable, I think dinner is a time to put phones away and have face-to-face conversations. Um, You know, that has to be negotiated in the relationship. That has to be talked out. You know, maybe it's when we're sitting at the dinner table, for sure, no phones. But if we're having a lazy evening on the couch and ordering the pizza, it's fine if you have your phone out. You have to have that open dialogue or all you're going to have is a lot of building tension and a lot of aggravation. And people tend to let that, you know, build up to an explosive point, you know, where they're really angry when if they just were honest and open to begin with to say, you know, I don't really appreciate this behavior. I think we could, you know, do something a little bit differently. Or I noticed that you prefer to do this. I kind of prefer to do this. What do you think about that? Um, People will be much better and you won't have people sitting there, (sighs) you know, giving the big heaving sighs and crossing the arms. (laughs) Trying to get the message across. Right, because, you know, and there's research that's now suggesting that the more time we spend with screens and interacting with screens, the less able we are to even interpret people's nonverbal. Oh, wow. We're, le- um, we're losing yes. our edge. Yes. This is, there's a lot of scholars that are really concerned about this, particularly with children um, who are not developing the ability to read other people nonverbally. But Boy, I think I, think I met someone yeah, when you have a screen in your face, it's hard to even see that person's reaction. Yeah. So it's, it's important to be aware of that stuff. We Good stuff. We're going to um, take a break. We're talking with Dr. Jesse Fox about relationships and technology. You know, it's getting in the way, folks. And uh, it's not just everyone else. It's every one of us may be impacted by this. When we come back, we'll keep uh, talking about more rules for relationships, even get into a little bit of some of the privacy issues, how to manage your profile, and uh, maybe, you know, watching out for how you use technology so you don't escalate relationship problems. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program to give you the tools, the skills, the ideas for how to live a healthier, happier life, and maybe at the same time improve your relationships as well. Welcome back to the program. Have we got a doozy of a topic for you today, a great one, technology and relationships. They're, you know... We all love technology. How could you not? In fact, I bet a lot of you got some brand new technology for Christmas. A phone, a, I don't know, a new a Blu-ray disc program, uh, or the player. I don't know. Lots of toys, laptops. And now all of a sudden, you may have noticed your partner's not talking to you anymore. Your spouse has given up on you. They're walking away. They're done. You may have noticed that, hey, as looking on the history of the iPad, that they're Googling divorce attorneys. 
take it seriously. Don't, uh, no need to ruin a relationship because of some technology. And so we brought on the expert to help us with this. Um, just a wonderful kind of in, insightful leader. Uh, Dr. Jessie Fox is joining us. She's an ass- assistant professor in the School of Communication at U- at Ohio State University uh, and is a, runs a program there, a lab there called the Vector Lab, which stands for Virtual Environment Communication Technology and Online Research. She's earned her master's in communications at the University of Arizona and a Ph.D. at Stanford University. She's a blogger on psychology today as well. And you can go check out her website, comfox.org, where you can read her blog and and just get information about a lot of the research she's doing. So, Dr. Fox, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Good to have you. And before we left, uh, you were talking about some of the rules of relation of, you know, relating and technology and making sure we're. We're, you know, keeping focused on it and making sure we're not being, I guess, sideswiped. Uh, there's just a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on that maybe we don't fully understand. But as a researcher in technology and relationships, um, you've already brought up just a bunch of basic stuff. Just the power of making sure that um, just knowing, just setting a clear expectation. What you're seeing on technology is not necessarily reality. What you're seeing on a profile on Facebook is not 100% accurate, is what you're trying to drill in our head. Correct. And another idea you just gave us is be open in our communication. So it seems to me, because we can't always inherently trust all of the technology and the tools we're using and the accuracy of the information, we probably need to be more open to communicate to kind of clarify what we're trying to learn and understand with each other. Absolutely. So what are some um, other... Oh, go ahead. What are some other rules? Uh, what are some other say. ideas? <laughs> sure. Another um, important thing to think about or to discuss in relationships, especially um, as you know, you're getting to know someone or as you're kind of solidifying that relationship, uh, but also as you're introducing a new technology into an existing relationship, uh, is talking about what you're comfortable disclosing about the relationship online Mm. and how you expect to interact with the partner online. Um, A lot of my research really shows that these two things are very, very uh, stressful in relationships because partners have differing ideas of what's acceptable and what's not. Uh, For Uh, example, one partner might be be perfectly okay uh, putting out there like, oh, oh, hey, you know, me me and my baby were out doing this last night. Um, or here's some pictures. A, a, yes, exactly. Or taking a selfie, you know, snuggling with my schmoopy here in, <laughs> in bed tonight and taking a picture and putting that up on Facebook. But, you know, the partner might be mortified. Yeah, don't call me uh, schmoopy. You know, that might be something. <laughs> yes. Yes, disclosure of a pet name or disclosure of what's seen as something that's private and special in the relationship, uh, you know, might be seen as a violation of the par- uh, by the other partner. They might not like you sharing that. Um, or they just might find that stuff embarrassing. They might have a very professional or very closed or very private presence online, and they might not be comfortable with you disclosing those sorts of details about your love life right. um, and putting them out into the into the ether. Um, so that's definitely a conversation to have in relationships. Like, what are you comfortable with me sharing about our relationship? Well, what a great question, right? Like, that's what we yeah. should be talking about, how... Because I, I've seen that. I've seen people, yeah, fighting again with my husband. Oh, excellent. 
so good to have that out there. And um, and meanwhile, my job might be impacted by that. I may have employment, you know, headhunters looking for jobs for me. And that's one of the sources I've given them. And anyway, there's a lot that can go wrong, huh? Absolutely. And, you know, even the um, all the divorce lawyers associations frequently cite that, you know, Facebook is often listed as one of the major causes or uh, sources of evidence in divorces. Hmm. And a lot of that, that does come back to people being very, you know, just saying things and putting that out there on Facebook and causing kind of trouble within the relationship by by doing that. We had a, uh, so we had a friend that... Um, went on a trip with their family and posted pictures from them, you know, celebrating at one of the great amusement parks of the world. And meanwhile, their home was being completely robbed. And yeah. for days, they didn't know, and they got home and found everything gone. Christmas presents, That's... everything gone. And they're pretty sure they found out they were out of town by just checking online. Absolutely. It's, there's so much information that people put online, you know, that they shouldn't. If you think about it, you know, how many of your passwords at banks or credit cards are protected by your mother's maiden name? Right. Which, if you're friends with her on Facebook, it's going to be really visible. You have that association. It's clear that that's your mom. She's posting things. You're interacting with her as mom. And, you know, if her maiden name's visible, bam, someone already has a password um, that could grant them access to one of your accounts if they have additional information. Hmm. Uh, Your date of birth, of course, is something else that really gives people too much information and should never be posted online. It, it seems like this is important stuff to talk to your children about as well. They might be going into this so naive about what we should share, what we shouldn't, how, what what are the rules, privacy, things like that. Oh, for children, absolutely. What we've seen kind of historically, which is kind of interesting, is that kids tend to be more adept at these emerging sites than the parents are at first. Yeah. So... A lot of research is now showing that teens in particular are not spending as much time on Facebook, and part of that is because their parents have figured it out. (laughs) So now that mom and dad are on there, now that mom and dad have realized they can connect to you, now that mom and dad have realized that they can see what you do and what all your friends do, um, you know, then, A, it becomes uncool for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, But also, you know, any privacy that they were hoping to have is now gone. So kind of the value of the site for teenagers kind of having their own space to communicate has kind of dissolved in that sense. So if you notice that your kids are using the new thing now, one of the big things is Instagram. So it's really just a photo-based site. Um, But, you know, kids are creative, and they found lots of horrible ways to bully each other um, into, for example, it's very common for boys to pressure girls into posting sexualized um, or otherwise provocative photographs mm. on Instagram or sexting them with those photos. You know, and parents need to understand that, you know, your kids can do that. You give them a camera phone, it's very easy for them to take pictures that are inappropriate and put it out, either sharing it through a text message or putting it on the Internet, which, you know, a lot of kids don't understand privacy settings sometimes, and that can be visible to everyone. Right. Uh, so that should be a real concern for parents, is making sure if your kid is on social media, you understand how it works. You have read the privacy policy. You understand the implications. Yeah. And secondly, that you have a conversation with your child about what this means um, and what the implications are, and also what punishments are going to be associated with violating the rules that you put forth, because, you know, they're kids. They need to know this is not acceptable. I will not tolerate this behavior, and if this happens... You know, then you're not going to be permitted to use the site anymore or your phone will be taken away. 
um, to make sure that they get that this is serious business. This isn't something that's really a laughing matter because they can be haunted by that information for the rest of their lives. Oh, really? That's not going away, is it? That's out there. Oh, no. And, you know, that's one of the biggest problems now with the fight against child pornography is that children are making that information and producing it essentially themselves. Um, and then it's getting redistributed and recirculated on various websites and other um, places. Was there, is there an age in all of your research, have you seen um, a kind of a, a more ideal time or level of maturity that the children should have before we even they should even be entering these, these technologies, these forums? I have not done developmental research myself. Um, so I am a little hesitant to make a real declarative statement on that, but I do think that it depends on the social networking site. I think that's the first thing, you know, that you have to look into what site are they on? What information are they sharing on that site? Um, what is the information that the site is collecting about your child? So there are not a lot of rules out there that even protect children anymore. So, you know, they're collecting data on your child, and your kid doesn't know this. It's kind of their right to privacy, too. They're not adults yet, but they have a right to kind of keep their lives themselves. And, you know, if they're using a site unknowingly that's collecting data about, you know, things that could be private to your child, then, you know, their web search history or, you know, what it is that they're Googling on the Internet and that information could follow them around for the rest of their lives. Oh, so wow. it's important that they're aware of what kind of information they share, even by their day-to-day actions on a social networking site. Huh, man. Um, what is there? What else do we need to know? Just as as a researcher who, you know, gets the the power of relationships. Is there is there anything else we should be watching out for when it comes to technology? I mean, we don't want to demonize it. It's a good thing. It's a great no, benefit not. to our lives. And and so what what else do we need to know that would be helpful so we're we're making a better use of our technology in our relationships? I think it's important to, you know, treat technologies like you would a new dish that you're cooking for supper. So, hey, let's, you know, make this dish, let's try it, decide if we like it, and then if so, you know, let's fix it again, maybe with a different side. Mm. Um And if we don't like it, let's just take it off the menu. So don't assume that every technology is going to work in every relationship. Um, I've, you know, some participants in my studies are really smart about this stuff. I've had people say, I am not friends with my, you know, significant other or my spouse on Facebook because I'm a jealous person. And I know that I would see stuff on there that would anger me, even though it's nothing. And I know it's nothing, but I couldn't control my jealousy. So I just don't friend you know, my significant other. I think that's an excellent, excellent and very well-controlled and very smart way to go about it. Yeah. You can each have your individual Facebook lives and you keep those things separate because, you know, if you don't have a confident in your relationship, you don't need that information, then, you know, don't bother. Right. Um, so, you know, making sure that anything like that that is going to play in a role in the relationship is discussed and tested and that you make joint decisions about it. You know, maybe one partner really likes to text, the other person doesn't like to text. Fine, you know, figure out what a good compromise is. You know, you can text me during these hours or you can text me in an emergency yeah. um, or whatever the case may be. Or, you know, Snapchat was a new feature that came out or a new app. Do we like this? Do we not? Let's get rid of it. Skyping in a long-distance relationship, you know, do we like it? Do we not like it? So I think just remembering that 
technologies are choices. Just because everyone else is using them or just because you're using them with your friends or your family doesn't mean it has to be a major vehicle in your romantic relationship. Right. You can have a very minimal or zero role in your romantic relationship because that's just not works best for your partner. I've seen people that they their communication so explosive that I actually didn't know what else to do with them once and asked them to just sit down in their living room across from each other and text the conversation. And uh, they actually, they could see each other. <laughs> they thought I was crazy. But what I wanted to do was slow <laughs> down their pattern. And there's nothing slower, it seems like to me, than texting. And so, Absolutely. but it actually helped them because they could see each other, yet they it, they slowed down their pattern. And then they used a process that we taught. And and even that helps. So the the whole idea, I guess you're saying, is we've got to find out what works for us and really customize a meal, like you're saying, or a, or a, a solution that works for both of us. Right. And some, some couples, you know, I would not advocate for most people to do this. Yeah. Some couples prefer to carry out, you know, hard-to-talk-about conversations via text. Yeah. Which, you know, I think that you need to explore why that is. But if it works for both of you and it has productive outcomes, then good. You yeah. know, that would be a good way to do that. But if one partner's like, seriously, you can't talk to me face-to-face, you have to text me, this is lame, then that's <laughs> not an acceptable way to right. communicate in your relationship, and you need to find a different alternative. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's a perfect example of a way to kind of find a healthy and productive way to use technology to achieve kind of positive outcomes. Good stuff. I We so appreciate you um, and your insight helping us on this. I guess, the, so the best way to find you is to go to comfox.org if people sure, have questions. And also on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at ComFox, C-O-M-M-F-O-X. ComFox, at ComFox. Um, yeah. Well, Dr. Jesse Fox, so appreciate it, and uh, we'll uh, I'm sure we'll have you back again to help us with this technology stuff. Thank you, and hey, stay warm out there in Ohio. I certainly will. Thanks for having <laughs> you me. You bet. Take care. Good stuff. Dr. Jesse Fox, uh, te- I mean, it's really, when you have somebody that sits and researches all day, It's kind of cool because we're missing a lot of stuff. We just think it's, you know, it's just Facebook. There's more to it, folks. But again, it's our friend. It doesn't have to be our foe. We're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about long-distance relationship. Imagine a long-distance relationship about 50 years ago. Okay? So it didn't have all this technology that we use today. What would that be like? We're going to take a break, come back and talk about that. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're joined by Hannah Montana, that great actress from the Disney Channel. Was she on the Disney Channel, Hannah? Yeah, she was. Why I did wasn't. you want to be named after her? Well, she's she's really gone off the charts lately. Yeah, she's kind of interesting girl. Yeah, her real name is Miley. So yeah, Miley, I feel Miley like Cyrus. I wasn't named hmm. after her. You just she, you're, she's just your teen idol. No. Okay. So, uh, our, <laughs> so own, bad. our own Hannah Montana has put together a little uh, segment for us here. Here's the question. Have you ever wondered what a long-distance relationship would look like without technology? Or better yet, what would your current relationship look like 
if they took away all of your technology. Our very own Hannah Montana has a few thoughts on the subject. Did you know that the first known practice of organized mail started in Egypt around 2400 BC? Yeah, neither did I. Apparently pharaohs used it to send out decrees to their territories. Gotta love global politics. In ancient Persia, writers ran letters from post to post, and in India they used chariots. By 322 BC, they figured out that you could also send personal letters. If you said goodbye to your family, a friend, or a lover, you could still communicate. I wonder who came up with love letters. For hundreds of years, the concept of falling in love with someone not in your immediate presence probably didn't exist. It's not like you could browse profiles on eHarmony. At the same time, you could also not see your spouse or lover for long periods of time and still maintain a relationship. I wonder if the wives of soldiers ever thought, man, I don't want to get in a long distance relationship. I can only send letters once every other month. I am inclined to say that distance was not as much of an issue prior to technology. In fact, it was likely the norm during periods of war. In theory, having limited communication could actually lead to healthier relationships. Imagine you were only allowed to communicate with your significant other once a month. You were not going to waste that interaction on being angry about the toilet seat or forgetting to pick up the kids. You are just overjoyed to hear from them. We are constantly nitpicking at our relationships. After anything is resolved, something else has to be fixed. If your spouse was suddenly struck by a deadly illness, do you really think you would care anymore that they're forgetful or clumsy? No, you would be loving and kind and supportive. If you think about it, we're kind of weird. We really need to learn how to love and appreciate each other. And technology is a blessing. However, it can be a curse. Moral of the story is that you shouldn't abuse the ability to constantly communicate with whomever you love because it can be a deal breaker. That's a great point. Yep. Like back in the day, I'm going to war and you'll probably hear from me once, twice. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't want to waste those communications being like... You are so needy yeah. or... What a jerk. Like, yeah, it's just such a waste of time. See, um, it's interesting that how spoiled we've become. First world problem, right? To all this technology. Like, oh, I couldn't get a hold of him for like an hour and a half. <laughs> well, I was, I was in that building that doesn't pick up any signal. I know, but if you loved me, you would have sensed <laughs> that I needed you. And you well, would've... and we just want like perfect... Perfect yeah. relationship. Everything has to be perfect. And we'll just that's that's the thing is I think communicating all the time yeah. just like kind of plays on those things that we're trying to work on in ourselves, like jealousy yeah. or, you know, just just a wide variety of things that you can have wrong with a relationship. Like I noticed between you two here, um, Hannah and James friends. And um <laughs> close, close, close friends. <laughs> Soon to be married, I don't know, but they're broken up, but not. But um, even as they're talking, you were mad. You you say you don't like James's cat that died. Yeah, it's dead. I messed up. I'm not saying I follow my own advice. Okay, I'm just, I just because I just think you know what if that was the last thing James heard you say was you disrespected his deceased cat. His Cat, you didn't like it either. Oh boy! To be that, fair, that doesn't. That's <laughs> regardless of that fact. Regardless of the fact cat. that everybody hated the cat, 
The cat is dead. We must respect the dead cat. <laughs> you guys, I sense that there's some tension here. Oh, yeah? So that's why I wanted to do a little coaching session on that subject. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just going to, like, punch you, Matt. <laughs> it's kind of awkward. Um, so what's your bottom line, Hannah Montana? That you should not be constantly obsessed with what your partner is doing or what's, get a life. what's up. Yeah, get a life. Yeah. Live live a life, individual of your partner. What about the cat? The cat. Don't be a cat hater. Don't be a cat hater unless they keep you up till three in the morning because they're crawling in the pipes under your floor. Then you can hate them. Really? We just have to be understanding that that was nearing the end of her life and so they do crazy things when they're the cat old. was demented and the cat wanted the there cat was looking seeking medical attention <laughs> and the only way out was through a pipe <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but you're saying james that no matter what she ought to just just love the cat for what it was the joy it gave you for those few minutes for what little time lifetime. it had left yeah love the cat i mean what what would you do if you know you're your parent is nearing the end of their life. They are struggling with dementia, and you're what, like, well. Yeah, what if they're stuck is, in some pipe below yeah, your Yeah, it's like, room. well, this is extremely <laughs> annoying. Stop knocking on the pipe, I feel like Mom. that's like the whole building bombs in the bathroom. Yeah. Your parents are in the pipes under your roof. But you know Lord, what? that's a problem. Weirder <laughs> things have happened. problem. Wow, profound. So there's your lesson, everybody. Uh, just love the cat that's stuck in a pipe because it could be dead in a week. <laughs> yep. And oh manage gosh. your text messages better because... You know, relax, get a life. Is that the point, Hannah? Yeah. <laughs> Hannah Montana, bringing it to us live. Trying to be like Miley Cyrus. But she's not doing a great job of Just that. Just no. No. You're trying to be more like Hannah Montana. We're going to take a break. We're coming back with who else? The greatest of all time. Meg Conley is joining us from um, the great website. Well, by the way, two children, two daughters that we can't pronounce their names. And the fun website, Meg in Progress, she'll be joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back with Meg Conley right here on BYU Radio. Townsend Show. Today we're talking about technology and relationships. Who better to talk about uh, that great topic with than our wonderful Meg Conley. Meg Conley uh, is the um, owner, the founder, the <laughs> proprietor of MeganProgress.com, a website, a blog. CEO, CFO. Your CEO, CFO, COO, <laughs> and... Provides all janitorial service at meginprogress.com. Oh, more of the latter than you know. <laughs> How is Zuzu and Viola? So good. Are they okay? They're delightful. Healthy? So Happy? healthy. Did they have a good Christmas? It's so great. They got calico critters. Now, hold on. Your What's listeners that? know what that is. They're a like calico these, like, critter. It sounds really like a cat. shockingly expensive figurines that go into an even more shockingly expensive little house. But, like, all the oh, doors open and, like, yeah. the lights light up. Okay. And, like, you can wallpaper it yourself. Yeah. And it's Do they really have, fun. like, a car? Is there, like, a bat car? No, like, a so Barbie car? there is, like, car? a really cool, like, Woody station wagon thing that you can get. Okay. So, so you, you've basically decided that you want to get your children these collectibles. <laughs> so now you can get them presents forever in the same genre Well, of like, they, pl- they play with it. But, yeah, because here's the thing. Like, I don't love playing yeah 
like dolls and stuff no. that's very hard for me like i usually set my kids don't know why i'm setting the timer but i'll set a timer for 45 minutes so okay. i force myself to sit down and play with them because right. it just does not come naturally i to me. love barbies by the way i love dolls barbies in yeah do you well, well. i had a gi joe <laughs> and my gi joe would play with my daughter's barbie and we would play together see i i need to be better at it yeah. i'm learning i'm really good at like reading with them, going on walks with them, that kind of thing. But yeah. the make believe thing, I'm working on. Well, let so me the help calico you. critters makes it more interesting for okay. me because they're so cute. Oh, see, it sounds darling. Yeah, it's adorable. Um, the deal. Let me tell you the deal. Yeah. If you want to make any doll activity more fun, right? Introduce a gun. Sure. Or a ball. Yeah. Or a ball. Okay. A ball or uh-huh. a gun. Mm-hmm. Because I'm taking notes. I'm writing down. Write right that now. down. You need a pen. Yeah. Right. Um, a gun because like if. All I need is my daughter's Barbie house. It's a killer three-story place with an elevator. Right. Very nice. These are Very old nice. days because I don't do this anymore. But we, if I would just pull up in like my G.I. Joe truck right, right, with all my gear. Oh, dear. It became like a hostage situation. Right. <laughs> and it, it, seriously, it made time fly. Your daughter's like, I'm not even playing anymore. No, Dad no. is just taking I, over the I, whole yeah. thing. Yeah, actually, she'd go to bed, and then I'd have to finish the deal. <laughs> You're like, it's yeah. not over yet. Right, because the explosive expert can't come in for another hour. Right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, anyway. so they got that and a bunch of, you know, Frozen paraphernalia, because they loved that movie. Hold on. And Fro- I, oh, Frozen. I thought, right. like, Frozen, for right, real. Right, I but just the, freeze things okay, before yeah. I give it to you them. You want a Frozen <laughs> Oreo? Here's a Frozen Oreo, honey. That would be amazing, actually. Oh, they're like, delicious. For, yeah, I can't get enough of them. So they loved that movie, and I could totally... Totally get behind its message I and it made Frozen. me cry. Did it? Oh, I'm such a mess. Because see that message, I've had clients come in and say, I feel like the the cold witch, I don't know what they call Elsa. Her name's Elsa. Elsa. Yeah. Because she she would just run away and she could never nobody knew who she really was. They wanted her to do that? No, this they were saying that's who I they they like identify. Oh, I with see that. they identify. I'm the cold witch and right. I don't dare show who I really am to people right. because they won't accept well, me. Well, I loved it and like how you can harness the thing that like scares you and makes you unique and yeah. like make it your power and make it the thing that makes you stronger and, right. and the sister thing. Oh my goodness. Oh, see, it hit you hard, didn't oh, it? Oh, I was bawling and my two girls were next to me in the movie theater and my two year old gets on my lap and she's like, Mommy, you okay? And I'm like, yeah. Mommy has never Mommy's- been okay. Having a breakdown. I am so happy. <laughs> and when we left, I got down on my knees and like I like had both their little like chins in my fingers, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, you will never understand how lucky you are to have a sister. And they're oh like, they're like, mom needs oh, a hamburger wow. and yeah. a diet coke. Is that when? She's is going that crazy. when they called Riley and they're like, dad, mom's having another? He breakdown. was there. He was just kind oh, of looking he? the other way, like yeah. I'm not with this crazy woman. <laughs> when you said you held their two chins. That was two people two with people. one chin each. But you know what? I would love them even if they had multiple chins. I've got multiple so. chins. So my, my wife always says, let me hold your chins. Which that's that's kind of weird. It's rude. Yeah. <laughs> but she's funny that way. So um, have you noticed we've been talking well, – Calico, what's it called? Calico Critters. So, so cute. That seems like contrary to technology. Yeah. You know, I, I do try to keep my kids away from a ton of technology. Like we just got like the iPad Air uh-huh. because – 
Because I guess your life is not complete until you own mm, one of those. Yes. So my husband told me. That's so true. I believed him. And a GI Joe. Right, right. But um but like you know they they only get it for 15 minutes a day. You can like set the timer what? and they can go in. What can you do for 15? They can't even check their email <laughs> in 15 minutes. They you know they play their like little word games or they have like a game where they bake like a digital cake. It gives them time basically to play a game twice. And then they have to <laughs> and then they have to stop. Like go figure it out. Develop your you know your that's, imagination. See that's but called the bait and switch. That's illegal. You That's bait illegal. them in and then you switch it out and then, hey, go play with your calico dollhouse. Go play with those critters. But technology can be good. And and while I am afraid of them isolating themselves, it can enhance our relationships. It could, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Don't you, but you use technology to enhance lives. Well, I hope. I hope, depending well, on the day. It could go either way. Right, it could go either way. <laughs> but you, do, you, do you let your daughters get on their iPad? What if they say, Mom, all they want to do is read your blog? Yeah. Um, You'd say, They no, would no, be dirty that... liars because I know that's not that's the truth. True. But but I do think that there are things, there are ways that we use technology for them. Like we FaceTime with their grandparents. That's cool. Yeah. And that's super great. And yeah. so I think that the rule as far as, like, far as um, incorporating technology into our lives and enhancing relationships is if it makes the connection stronger and it doesn't replace what you already have with that person, uh-huh. then it's a good thing. Right? I like that. Yeah. And so, so, you know, Facebook. 15 minutes a day is actually a really good rule for most of it. What if it's 15 minutes a day times four because you have to check it in four times? Why, Two, would, why would you have to? Well, what if you miss something? Well, that's what the next day is for, right? Well, okay, because you're going to make a lot of people mad. No. How else are they going to get their endorphin high? What, because they're angry about the latest meme? Like, yeah. there's nothing. Technology doesn't hold anything that you can't consume and put out and make and enrich your life. 15 minutes. That's enough. Because you can always go back. The next day. The next day. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so, sad. So there are a couple ways that technology really has enhanced our relationships. Yeah. Like, my brother is serving an LDS mission in Germany. And so on Christmas Day, we were able to Skype yes, with him. Yes, we Skype my son. Is that not the coolest? So cool. Yeah. How long did you get? An hour and a half. Two hours, 48 minutes. Booyah. Wow. Because that's funny because my son's actually um, doing faithful, righteous things. His, He's his... not just playing around <laughs> Skype and families all day. Oh, well, we never accuse my brother Booyah. of righteousness. But, um... That's kind of neat, though. So that's a long time. And yeah. you got to talk. And it was great. He watched the grandkids open up presents, yeah. and it really drew us closer together. My that's son so great. sang a song to my son on Skype. It's really And beautiful. it made my son, my son in Mexico cry. Oh, he's kind of like a girl like that. He's kind of a crybaby. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it just reached the tender side. The tender side. Part. That's great. Yeah. That's really. But sweet. it made everybody cry. For real, it's super sweet. That was neat. We're big crybabies. Uh, then um, did so a but two out two and a half hours seems like too much. Well, I think it depends. Too right? much of a good Sp- thing. Spirit of the law. There, the fifteen minute rule obviously yeah, didn't course. didn't work. But we um, like Instagram, for instance. I think that Instagram I don't can like make it. relationships better. How? You Give just, me an example. Okay, that one so, drives me crazy. Okay, so we have to be honest in our communications with the people that we decide are part of our community, okay? Right. So we have to stop with the facade, stop with like, you know, like the perfect pictures and the perfect lighting where like your children are like loving each other and yeah. it's like your bed is made. Shut up. Right. That's Come not on. Real. Who makes yeah. their bed? Nobody makes their bed. <laughs> like, let's be honest. But if we can use that as a way to be honest with each other, to reach out to people, uh-huh. and again, within measure, I used to be on Instagram constantly because I felt like... It was really good for for my writing and for my job. That's how people um, get to know my brand a little bit, right? But um, I'm on once a day now. 
because what? once in a while I'll post twice, but for the most part, it's not helpful to me to be on there scrolling for, you know through pictures yeah. for so long. But I stay in touch with my sister that way. I stay in touch with you know friends. your parole officer, <laughs> right? Right. All those important people. Poor woman. Yeah. So again, fine. everything in moderation, and it can enhance. See, so the goal you're saying is if it enhances, we keep it in right. moderation. And and you know, because people are like, how do I know if it's enhancing? Like, do you feel uplifted? Do you feel but like you, or you do you get depressed? If, I mean, if you right. see, oh, look at how clean her kitchen is. Right, right. And then you just start crying yeah. into like your crusty plate. I don't even have <laughs> a stop. knife set. <laughs> oh, no knives? No knives. Yeah, house. you should probably go out and buy some knives. But see, think of that. That's like, that could be so sad if every day you looked at this thing that kept saying, see, you're not a good mom. Then you should stop looking at it. Or, and you're friends with the wrong people. That's true. And so that's the other thing is we need to be thoughtful about who is in our community. I you think need for- people that you're better than. Right. So hard to find. Get people that so hard to find. are so much obviously on a lower spectrum. See, than and you I'm are. so honest about all my flaws that I've actually started getting applauded for them. Really? Which is great. Wow, man. Give me one. Way to be such a loser. Thank you for making me feel better about myself. That happens. I have readers email me several times a month. I read your blog. And I just thought, oh, I am so glad I'm not her. Like, <laughs> thank you for making me feel better about That's my it. day. Isn't and I'm that... like, take a bow. Maybe they're drop missing the, the mic, point, though. Leave the room. Yeah. Thank you. Meg has left the building. Meg has left the building. But your jo- your goal isn't to just diminish yourself. No, it's your not. Your goal is to change lives. To change lives. And, and you to make, found that's one way to do it. And to make people feel built up. But I think we need to be mindful about what our communities are online. I think for a long time, like on Facebook, for example, it's like just because you knew someone, you thought that they should be part of your community. Yeah. But not necessarily. That oh, yeah. kind of that kind of you know distills away what Facebook could be used for, right? right? Yeah. And so I just think, again – Mindful, edifying, the 15-minute rule. That is a really good one. Set a timer. I, I love that. 15 minutes is all you get. But see, and then go read a book. Go read a book. Go, go outside. Go play with your Watch doll Watch the Mindy Project. Things. Whatever. Yeah. I guess TV is technology, but I yeah. really love it. So but I'm going to give it more than 15 minutes. It's a lesser minutes. technology. <laughs> right. You can join in like <laughs> together for that. That is um, – they, they've actually said something. I think it's like 350 friends – is the limit of where your Im- your emotional state or your emotional psyche starts to be impacted. Right. So by having more, you start seeing more posts. Right. And it starts weighing you down Yeah, more. exactly. So exactly. narrow it down to 350. And so, and while you're thoughtful about your community, be thoughtful about what you're putting out into that community because you have a responsibility. Right. Right? Like, again, honest discourse, um, checking in on people, writing down uplifting thoughts. Like, these are the things that we should be giving to each other. Technology is an opportunity to give, not yeah. just an opportunity to take in. Well, don't you think some people don't get because some people are just downers, right? So like you, they just, come on, Matt. like me, like I'm Eeyore, right? And you, I just go Eeyore on everyone's <laughs> side, and then eventually nobody follows you. That's rough. It's kind of rude. It's never happened to me. So, well, yeah, no, you're you're so like broken. Right. There's nowhere to go back. I up. mean, so. if I were broken, I get it. A lot of people would follow me just for sympathy. Right. But you don't want to go be an Eeyore. No, no, and again, like, but I, I do think. I do think as like as women, women use a lot of technology a lot of the time. It's yeah. the way that we seek a community. It's the way that uh-huh. we seek a tribe. Yeah. So being honest about yourself doesn't mean being depressing because hopefully mm. the honestness about yourself isn't depressing. Yeah. Hopefully the truth is just complicated yeah. or 
you know, a Diet Coke too many that day. But if you're able to share that with each other, that is how we find our tribe. That That's is how cool. we find our community. And you're real. And then all of a sudden, everyone else can relate to the fact that, oh, you're real. Right, right. And so that inspires them to maybe be honest about how many nuggets their kids have had this week. Yeah. Like, like hold mine. On. Is that So that's a big thing. Oh, sure. Like, please. Like, if I have to hear one more. Yeah organic we raise the sheep ourselves oh, blah, blah, before we sheep. ate it's yeah. mutton i'm gonna have a problem <laughs> i think my kid's turning into a nugget yeah well i was because he's saying. losing his hand his hand his hand's starting to web <laughs> and it's just turning into like a breaded web nugget hand are your nuggets webbed because we might have a bigger yeah. problem i'm than... not sure they're actually chicken <laughs> i never noticed a web on a chicken before right, but ours right. are pretty webbed right are yours not? You must buy no. the expensive ones. Yeah, we buy those fancy ones from the Costco. <laughs> <laughs> you must be rich. So, rich um, in love. I like that. I Yay. that's a really see. It's almost like you thought this through. You know, I did. I was driving over here, and I was like, I, I should think about something. the Matt Townsend show. <laughs> you know, the sad no, thing is, no, you guys are always on my mind. Always. You know what? And that's not true. <laughs> and you can't even lie that one out. So. Um, you would not – you give Zuzu and Viola 15 minutes each. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, one, once in a while when I just cannot stand – When you're asleep. The thought of being a mom. Yeah. They get a little bit more, but on on average, that is the rule. <sighs> Man. I know. My kids are messed. You know, it makes it easier at the end of the day. Like when I let my kids just sit in front of the TV all day, they're way more whiny yeah. and overstimulated. Yeah, give them an iPad. <laughs> Actually, interacting with them is easier than ignoring them. It requires less um, less energy output. So I'm all about finding the way to do less. <laughs> and sitting down and playing with them Isn't is easier that your than ignoring statement? them. Yeah, actually it is. Thank you. Meganprogress.com, helping you find le- your, find the easiest way through life. Searching for mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> You're not, though. That's the funny thing. You're, You're so nice. not. But, um, and I like this picture of you. Everybody needs to go to meganprogress.com because there's a picture of Meg on the homepage. Yeah, right. Sitting at a. Here's the thing that's a pretty accurate representation of my childhood, minus the black eye, maybe. It's a Norman but... Rockwell picture where the girl's been beat up. I guess she was in a fight. But but the sweaty, curly, red hair thing, Is that that's, you? Pre- that's pretty accurate. That's yeah, cute, though. That's pretty accurate. Um, so you had a good Christmas, though? Yeah. Great. You're still married to Riley? Yeah, he got me a good pre- Christmas present. What did so Riley we're pull out of the dark? So my favorite artist is Caitlin Connolly, and he got me two limited edition prints. Okay, now so. Caitlin Connolly, I've just got to get more educated. Oh, is that Riley right there? Let me see. Yeah, isn't he handsome? He's a hunk of burning he's, love, he's that so, guy. He's so lovey. Um, he bought you two Kate Connolly. Yeah, Caitlin Connolly. Caitlin Connolly. What are those? Um, Just art prints. Hold so, on, you are a Connolly. This is a different one. This is, this is C-O-N-N-O. Oh, L-L-Y, Connolly. Yeah, yeah. And what Mine's were the shorter. prints of? So um, she does a lot of work on womanhood and different aspects of the female experience. And mm-hmm. so there were Why didn't, why didn't you get those. one on, like, manhood? Well, well, when she does one. But maybe you don't need one on manhood because you're looking at it. <laughs> I mean, yes. What was That's that? That's exactly it. <laughs> that was the rudest thing I've ever heard. That was like a guffaw. No, no, that was like more like a chortle. That was a chortle. Chortles that was defensive. a chortle. I love yeah. chortles. Yeah, chortles are cute. <laughs> I love chortles, chortles and churros. That, yeah, that's a good combination. Yeah, those two usually go together. And so. I appreciate the cupcake present you gave us. Oh, you're so welcome. I was this close to getting you a present. That is way closer than I thought you would be. Um, so that's pretty good. See, that would have demanded foresight. That's, that's almost like a present in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. But just in, in regard, really, it's the thought that counts. Right. <laughs>
And in that's my what you're case, always telling your wife. In my I case, thought about it's it. It's just the thought that <laughs> yeah. that's all you get. That's great. You're the best. So, um, okay. Well, I guess we're done. Thank you. Thank you for letting me Are you going to stick with us? You're just getting us? ready for the cruise. I'm you're like, so, I'm out of here. I'm in cruise your, mode. Your eyes are like going in two different directions is, right now. Can you see that? Yeah. Because what's cool, Meg's going to be on next week. She's going to be hosting. Come on down, guys. Come on down. And then <laughs> if the show still lasts, I might come back and host again. But if it doesn't last through Meg Conley, it's my we'll fault. See. It's my Meg, fault. Are you going to stick with us to play the technology? You know beat? it. Okay, good. Yeah. It's a lingo quiz. We're playing it. Jessica's oh, going to help us. They all. You won't. I'll walk you through. <laughs> this is the Matt Townsend Show, joined by Meg Meg Conley, also known as the Meganator, and I'll the take it. and she's just enjoying Matt and the image of manliness. <laughs> We'll be right back in a few minutes to wrap up the show right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Hoedown. We're wrapping up the show who better to do it than with Jessica Black, soon to be Jessica Littlefield. Littlefield. Yeah. That's going to be weird. <laughs> I know it's a little bit longer. Yeah, let's work it's with it. It's a little bit we'll longer. Yeah. A little bit more. Jess has but. been uh, working her head off to put together a quiz for us that she calls the Technology Lingo Quiz. Is that right? Yeah. Are you ready? To, are you ready to get it started? Yes. Here let's we do go. this. All right. Hey. Go ahead, Jess. Okay. So, I'm just going to go through texting terms oh, first. Perfect. Oh, perfect. First dear. category, texting terms. Okay, just so you know, Meg, <laughs> don't be embarrassed. I am so bad at this. I stuff. know everything there is. Did you ever hear our segment on hashtags? No, but did you know a lot of them? <laughs> I know everything there is to know about hashtags. Okay, good. I'm excited. And I'm excited. texting lingo. Okay, so I'm going to see if I can just like deduce what it is because I won't know from it's previous hard. experience. These are these are the most known. You okay. should be good. Okay. 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 This will be easy. How hard could this be? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm going to keep score. No, no need. That, yeah, I like this. She's very professional. Because I think it, it'll be obvious. Whenever I play a game, it's not fun unless there's a score. That's right. Winner. <laughs> so Yeesh. I'm going to keep the right answers. Um, a tally. All right. First of all. Tally. Go for it. ATM. Like an actual ATM? No, what does that stand for? If you got a text ATM, what would that mean? I have no idea. We'll start uh, with Matt. ATM means pick up some money on the way home. False. Megan. At the moment? Yes. No oh, point for Megan. Okay. Boom. At <laughs> right. the moment. Next what the one. What does that mean? I don't know what, why you would ever need to text that, but that's fine. <laughs> okay. So do some she hard was good. ones. Even if she guessed, that's a good one. That okay. was a really good guess. All right. BRB. Megan. Oh, yeah. Be right back. Matt. Bill rubs He's Bobby. throwing it. Wrong. Okay, okay. Megan gets the Bill point. Bill rubs Bobby. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> be right back. <laughs> what, what was it? Be right back? Yes. That's that's actually probably one of the most known. So <laughs> You knew that one. You're throwing it. No, I've never. I don't text. <laughs> I was lying. That's okay. called a bluff. I was bluffing. This is this is good for you to talk to your kids. Okay. They'll be impressed. BRB. You know BRB. Cool. Okay. BTW, Matt. Easy. Uh, bring the watermelon. No, by the way. <laughs> by the way, point yes. for Matt. Megan, did you know that too? She yeah, didn't. I did know no, that No, you one. did I not. I didn't know that one. I forgot to ask you. Okay. 
Okay, 20. 20. In 20 minutes? No. 20. Uh, what is 19 plus 1? No. That's like, as soon as I put it in a sentence, you'll know. What's your 20? Oh, your location. Location. Oh, your time and location. Yeah. Okay, a.k.a. Megan. Sure, also, also known as. Matt. Duh, okay. a.k.a. Okay. Come on. Both get the come point. Come on. Yeah, come on. I had to throw, I had to make you feel good. Come uh, on, good. I had to Appreciate throw some it. of these throw in there. Throw me a bone. That's good. Plus, if people out there don't know them, yeah, this is you're helpful. looking really good. Yeah. We're so trying to help. I'm trying people. to help people remember you're a doctor. So. That's right. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. And this is how we do it. And we'll be doing a mole check <laughs> later in the he week. He knows what AKA is. <laughs> If you need your moles checked, people just lined up outside the studio. It's pretty bad. You're a okay. really boring radio show. It's, I'm a bad doctor. <laughs> All right, next. AML. Matt. Man. AML. I don't know. False. <laughs> no idea. No, no, no. It's all my love. Okay. If you oh. didn't know that I song, didn't know that song either. That's an oldies That was one. a good song. Was that a song? <laughs> I just sang on the radio. That's that the first. That okay. <laughs> Might be the last. If you <laughs> Probably that. the last. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, B slash C. Uh, Matt. B slash C means because. Yeah. Because. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Both of you. Yes. Point. She is ahead, though. I, I she just got, want you to, I'm ahead by two, two points. By two. Yes. So that's very important. Well, again, let's. I'm throwing it a bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> B slash W. Megan. I have no idea. Matt? Beware. No. <laughs> be with? Between. Duh. Between. That makes more Gone sense to be with. <laughs> I think beware. It's better as beware. You've seen that voice. Beware. Beware of the little thing. Okay. <laughs> um, let's go. Your ad-libbing is classic <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to get through this to get on my cruise. <laughs> you know what, listeners? They, he loves you. And I he love loves it. loves being here with I you. I do. It's just He's I got to go pack for my cruise. cruise. I'm I've got a week too. before I'm going. Are you going on a cruise? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Your honeymoon not cruise. Not your cruise. No, but, no we... but we're meeting up. Remember that we're not, though. No, do you remember? We no, we're going to do, we gonna do a coaching session in Cancun. On my <gasps> that would be good, actually. Yeah. Where's your the cruise first year of marriage is like very confusing. Matt could like right. meet with you guys. That's why yeah. I'm on the show. <laughs> I don't think my ship is going to Cancun, though. No. I planned it that way. Is Just yours, kidding. It's where's Cosmo. yours? And Key West. <gasps> That's where I'm going. Yeah, but oh my god, really? a week later. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> Are you doing the Mediterranean? No, You're I'm doing so much better than I'm I. doing the um, the Great Lakes <laughs> trade, the Great Lakes tour. No, I'm doing uh, Eastern Caribbean. Oh no, no Western N- Caribbean. NBD, which means no big deal. NBD. That was on my list. What? She gets a point. I got a point. Oh, can we just throw one <laughs> yeah, out? If you get, if you can just throw them out, and I think they're valid, then you get a point. Uh, okay. Hey. Nope. <laughs> okay, next suck, one. Suck. I have a good one. You can guess this one. Okay, give me this one. DKDC. DKDC. Don't know, don't care. Yeah. Oh! Yeah, good job. Everyone gets a point. Someone didn't know that. You act like you knew that. I knew. Can I just do that when he answers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. Give, give it Megan's to me. the winner. Matt loses. She wins by three. basically three. what happens every time we get together on Tuesdays. So that's... But he's a doctor, it's so like, he gets I, And points. I am not. Do you have a doctorate? <laughs> I am not a doctor. <laughs> Well, I everybody am, wins because that mole looks really bad. <laughs> uh, you're, uh, you know, you're going to be fine. Oh, I'm so excited! They're terrified. The team they, they, is like, what? How do? What do we do with Meg for two might hours? Be. I'm kind of a loose cannon. Loose cannon. Yeah, okay. I tend to get very excited. And we, you can't have any caffeine to hype you up. Right, right. Well, I've only had one caffeine. 
um, you know, infused One unit of drink today, and I feel like I've really held it together. But wasn't it like a 74-ounce? No need to get into details. So okay. That's good. <laughs> it was only one unit, if we're counting it by units. Okay, so uh, be back. Is it next Tuesday you're yeah, on? Yeah, week from today. Meg Conley will be uh, driving the uh, boat. You drive a boat? I might crash it, but it'll be fun. Oh, man, please don't break my show. <laughs> This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow with more fun, more ideas to help you and your loved ones with get a leg up in life. And again, a week from now, Meg Conley will be in charge. Watch out for that. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. This is BYU Radio.